Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for blessing us. And Father, we depend upon the Spirit of God to speak to us, to teach us, to lead us and guide us in all truth, to show us things to come. And Father, we depend upon Him to grant unto us revelation of Your Word. And so we thank You for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of First Peter. So uh, we started on the book of uh, Philippians, or, uh, well, we just kind of give an introduction to the book of Philippians. Uh, but because Philippians talks some about, um, about suffering, I, want, I really wanted to cover that topic and, and give us some good uh, foundational scriptures for sufferings that Christians might have to go through because a lot of times um, uh, we'll say, well, we're suffering for the Lord. And, you know, it turns out that that's not something that the Lord would want you to suffer for. And instead of believing God to get out of it, you think that you're supposed to be in it and you could use your faith to get out of it. And so there's a lot of suffering that churches, that Christians do that is unnecessary and yet we still go through it. Uh, And then, of course, sometimes we say that we're suffering for the Lord and you, you, you ask enough questions, you find out, well, it was all self-inflicted. And so that's not something we ought to be doing either. And then, and then you know, I do know that there are Christians, I met many of them over the years, that have uh, what I call a martyr complex, that in their mind, unless their life is terrible and horrible and everything is, is, is exploding and, and breaking and, and being stolen, and uh, unless that's their life, they don't feel very spiritual. And that's kind of a martyr syndrome. You know, the Lord, uh, you know, you go back, all the way to the Old Testament, he told them that they were uh, above and not beneath, right? Uh, blessed in a city, blessed in a country, blessed coming in, blessed going out, uh, if we obey the Lord. And, and the thing is, uh, in obedience is where all the blessings of the Lord reside. And, and if you remember back in the Old Testament, uh, we, we had done a long study uh, one time for, um, uh, about uh, entering into the promised land. And the promised land was a type and a shadow of really the New Testament experience of being baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking in the tongues. Because they crossed the, the Red Sea, which was a type of salvation, and then they crossed the Jordan River, which was a type of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the two experiences with water, which represents the two experiences with the Holy Spirit that we have in the New Testament. But if you remember, you know, in that time period when they're in the wilderness, uh, the Lord always intended them to go from the Red Sea straight to the Jordan River. There was never intended to, to have any time difference at all. And the Lord's always intent at the church that we go from salvation to the experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, but sometimes there's a delay, right, because of lack of teaching or lack of desire or lack of understanding or whatever the, the cause may be. Uh, but in the wilderness, everything they got had to come through Moses, right? When they wanted water, they had to go to Moses. When they, had, they wanted food, they had to go through Moses. When they wanted protection, remember Moses had to hold up his hands and, you know, and Joshua was doing all the fighting and, and Aaron uh, was holding up his hands. And, and, and um, uh, so their protection had to come through Moses too. So everything, but Moses was a type of the Lord Jesus. So uh, uh, that's fine. But, uh, but it wasn't until they got to the promised land that they received their own blessings. They received their own land. They could receive, use their own faith to, to make the land produce. Remember, they were uh, eating manna until they arrived in the promised land. Uh, and then at that point, the Lord didn't forsake them. He said, now that you're here, now you can walk by faith because I'm going to give you all this land, a land uh, flown with milk and honey. Uh, and, you know, you're going to be protected and you're going to win all these battles and all of these things are going to be great and wonderful in the promised land. And that was a type of the experience that we're supposed to live in in the church. And so, you know, remember Joshua uh, was never defeated except when the sin got in the camp. 
but other than that time, you know, he was undefeated uh, in experiencing great victories in the Promised Land. But if you remember, uh, there were 12 tribes of Israel, but two of the tribes decided to stay back on the other side of the Jordan River. And, and all the promises of the Lord when he was talking to the nation of Israel, he said all the promises are only found across the Jordan River. They're not found in, in the wilderness. They're found you have to cross the Jordan River to get the blessings. You know, still two of the tribes said, you know, we're good over here. They weren't mad at anybody. They just didn't want to go through the promised land, didn't want to go and, and be in the land flowing with milk and honey. And you think, well, that's just, just crazy. Why would, why would anybody not do that? And, you know, I, sometimes I think the same thing today. You know, that's crazy. Why would anybody not want all the blessings of the Lord today? And yet many people in the church, if they know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of course, many people have entered into the fullness of that. But uh, many people, even if they know about it, they say, well, that's not for me. Oh, you're like the two tribes of Israel, right? So... Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, the, the Bible talks in the New Testament that there's three baptisms of the church, right? There's the initial baptism into the body of Christ, which was represented by the Red Sea, right? We left the world and we came into the covenant with the Lord. Uh, and then, uh, then the uh, second baptism uh, is, uh, in, in, in the New Testament, the second baptism and the third baptisms can be done interchangeably, right? Depending on the order, it doesn't really matter but the, it's water baptism and baptism in, in the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, and so the Jordan River really represents uh, the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit because then you, you put those together with John chapter 4, which talks about the well of salvation. When he was talking about the woman at the well, uh, he, he was talking about the well of salvation that rises up. Uh, and so that's the new birth. But then over in John chapter 7, he starts talking about rivers of living water that flows out of your belly. And, that, and he said, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the two rivers in the Old Testament represent the baptism into the body of Christ and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then really the, the water baptism is where you're confirming your faith uh, and testifying your faith. And that was really when the nation of Israel was, was at the mountain and they were declaring, we'll do everything that the Lord says. And so it was a testimony. They gave a public testimony of what they were going to do. Uh, and so those two rivers represented the, the two works of the Holy Spirit in the Christian's life today. Uh, and, and yet uh, they didn't want to do it, right? And people in the church today don't want to do it. And yet, uh, did Jesus say, you know, if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, it's fine. Did he ever give that? Uh, no, he was always a commandment. Don't go to, I mean, go to Jerusalem and don't do anything until you're due to the power, right? And when he said didn't do the power, he was talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, uh, and that's where the fullness of blessings come. Mm. Now, can you be blessed as a Christian without that? Well, they were blessed in the wilderness, right? Without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, they were blessed, you know, they were protected, but they really didn't have the ability to get their own stuff. They had to go through somebody else to get everything needed, right? Uh, and that just, that doesn't mean that as a, as a Christian who's not baptized in the Holy Spirit, they won't ever receive any blessings, you know, but they'll never have the fullness of the blessing that the Lord desires for us to have because the fullness of blessings are always in the fullness of obedience. Uh, and so, um, uh, so in all of that to say, you know, uh, when we're following God's will, the amount of suffering we do is very small, right? As far as, you know, there's, no, there, there, there's never any sickness, right? There's never any destruction in our lives. There's never any 
cars exploding in the driveway and dogs eating cats and you know none of those things are going on you know you're not getting beat up and defeated you know every day and and uh, all of your life but there is suffering that christians go through that the lord understands that we're going to have to to fulfill in order to fulfill his will uh, and that's really where peter talks a lot about that and so uh and, and there's several different uh, things that the new testament talks about uh, but they're all very closely related so Let's read here in 1 Peter chapter 2. We had mentioned, uh, kind of finished up with this verse last week, but I think it'd be good to um, read it again. It says in verse 19, uh, For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. So if you as a Christian uh, say, you know, my conscience will not allow me to do that, then you will suffer. But the suffering that you're going to do is persecution, right? So that's the only suffering that you'll ever do uh, as a Christian, as far as the Lord's concerned, that, that there's really uh, oftentimes nothing you can do to avoid it. Uh, and so, uh, and, and no doubt all of us in our lives have said, well, my conscience won't let me do that, and you've suffered for that. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I was in the corporate world, I had a boss, and, and um, uh, my boss, you know, he had a big department, and uh, millions of dollars, you know, he had to take care of in that department. And, and for him, it was really important that all of, uh, all of his numbers look good every month, right? Because he wanted to make sure that, you know, there was no um, uh, uh, money being spent when it shouldn't have been spent and that sort of thing, right? So if it was supposed to have been spent here and this month, he wanted to make sure it was spent then, right? Because if it didn't, then things would look bad and, and he didn't want to get a phone call from his boss. And so we had uh, um, ordered a bunch of equipment and it looked like it was going to get get in late, and so if it got in late, then they would have they would have wrote that uh, big purchase into the wrong month, and his books would have looked bad. Uh, now it's I mean it's kind of six of one, half a dozen the other, but you know he was really picky about that. So he told me he looked at me in staff meeting and, and said, "You need to go down to the accounting department and tell them that we got that equipment. Go ahead and charge us on our books on this month, even though we hadn't gotten the equipment." And and um, uh, and so basically he was telling me to lie. Well, you know, um, he asked me to do that in public. So in public, I said, I can't do that. Uh, and he was not one to tell that you don't do that, you know. And from that point on, in fact, later on, the Lord told me, be careful because he's turned against you. Before that, I was the, the poster child for his department. He loved me. You know, I did great work for him because I was always a good employee, right? Until I didn't do what he asked me to do, which is a lie. And then, you know, he called me into a meeting and said, well, you know, good guys finish last and, uh, and started berating me because I was a Christian. And, and uh, he said, good guys finish last. And again, I looked at him, no, they don't. Uh, you know, it's like, I know you've never read the Bible, but if you read the Bible, you'd, you'd realize good guys always finish first, top of the heap, right? First in class. Uh, and so we get to go to heaven. Uh, where else are you, you going to go, right? Uh, and so uh, I will always come out ahead. Uh, now, he didn't agree with that opinion, which is fine. You know, he has a right to be wrong. Uh, and so, uh, so, I mean, it's not like he, you know, tased me and threw me in a jail or anything like that. So it wasn't like it was horrible persecution. Of course, even Paul, remember what Paul said? He said, for these light afflictions. Mm -hmm. So as bad as Paul had it, he, he called them minor afflictions, right? Uh, light afflictions. Mm -hmm. And he was stoned, left for dead. Uh, you know, uh, in a shipwreck, uh, day and night in the deep, right? Uh, had uh, 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 40 uh, lashes minus one, five different times, right? So like that's almost 200 different lashes that he had on his back. 
Uh, I don't know that in all, all the time growing up, I was whipped 200 times, you know. Uh, it felt like that many times, but I don't think it was anything close to that. Uh, and, and, you know, when they did that, they did it with the intent to harm, right, to, to cause physical, uh, major physical pain and, and, um, and agony. Uh, and so, so as a Christian, you know, uh, you, you will have to endure grief. That's what he says, right? Now, he says suffering wrongfully. So it's wrong that you're suffering, but you're still going to be suffering, right? Uh, and, and you have to get it settled in your heart that, well, that's just the way it is, right? Now, if you're going to live as a Christian and say, this is the way that I live, and I do not waver, and I do not change, and it doesn't matter if you fire me, if you eat me, whatever you do, it doesn't matter, I'm staying the course, right? And we saw all the stories in the Old Testament with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They got so mad at them, you know, they're staying the course. They threw them in the fire, right? Nothing happened. Daniel, right, they uh, told him not to pray. Well, I got to pray. It doesn't matter if you tell me not to pray or not. I'm praying. And they threw him in the lion's den. Nothing happened to him. Uh, and, and so, you know, they suffered wrongfully, but was there any, any lasting uh, pain and agony that they did? You know, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, in the New Testament, uh, and I've mentioned this many times uh, over the years because it's an area that, that I think maybe there's some faith there that we as a church have not explored. And if you look at, you know, for example, the life of Jesus, up until the cross, right? So, you know, the cross was, was there as a substitutional sacrifice, right? So none of us are going to the cross, right? None of us have to die and shed blood for anybody because none of our blood is worth the purchase of anybody's sins, right? So don't die for your own sins. It's going to be a waste of time and effort. Don't die for anybody else's sins because it's going to be a waste of time and effort. But, uh, uh, and so, but if, but if you look at his, the three and a half years when he was on the earth, was Jesus ever persecuted? Sure, many times, right? By experts, by professionals, right? Uh, and was he ever, did he ever attempt to harm him? Well, many times, right? Remember, they picked him up, going to throw him over the cliff, right? Sometimes they picked up stones, they can stone him. And, uh, and yet, how many times was he ever physically harmed? Not a single time. How many times was Daniel physically harmed? Uh, none. About Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. None. So, you know, I wonder, now if you, go in the New, if you go in the book of Acts, a lot of them, right? James was beheaded, right? Uh, you know, uh, of course, Paul said that he was, you know, beaten all those times. Um, John the Baptist, of course, was beheaded. But Jesus never suffered, and neither did some of the Old Testament saints, you know, even though they were persecuted, right? And they suffered for that. So uh, it, it, there's no doctrine that I want to say there. My, my point is, I wonder if, there's not some faith that we could apply in some of these circumstances that uh, we could, uh, you know, maybe we're going to get persecuted and, you know, maybe some things are going to happen, but at the end of the day, there's no physical harm to us, right? If, uh, and is that an issue of faith? Is that an issue of requesting the Lord? I don't really have an answer for that because there's no, really, no real doctrine about that that says we can avoid that because Peter said we're going to endure grief, but he doesn't really say what that is other than we know that if you live a life with a conscience, that, uh, that people will persecute you. You will make people unhappy. And I've made many people over the years unhappy because I'm not going to do what they want me to do, right? Uh, and uh, and I, won't, I can't violate my conscience, and I won't violate my conscience. And, uh, I, I remember uh, one time when um, I was with my pastor, and um, uh, we had a fellow just kind of stop by and said, hey, um, um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be glad to clean your chairs for you for this much a chair, right? And it's a pretty reasonable uh, price there. And so they were talking, you know, and, and, and the guy said, I'll tell you what, he said, uh, 
Uh, if you'll get up on Sunday and tell everybody that I cleaned your chairs for you and let me put my business card on the back table, he said, uh, he said I'll just do them for free. Now, you know, uh, a lot of pastors are so under pressure about money, they'd, be, they'd take that deal all day long, right? They're so under pressure about saving a penny here and there, they'd take that deal every day. But what the, what the you know, then the man was just kind of ignorant, right? But we, what he was really asking was for the pastor to sell uh, basically advertising from his pulpit, right? I'm going to sell a time slot from my pulpit, right? And, I, you know, I'm there for, for 60 minutes, and, you know, we've, we, we've already booked up, you know, 15 minutes, but I've got one time slot left. If you give me enough money, you can buy the time slot, right? And so that's basically what he was doing, was asking the pastor to sell a time slot out of his, out of his sermon there for his benefit and for the benefit of the church, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, my pastor just looked at him and said, you need to leave now. Uh, why? Because for conscience sake, he, your, your conscience and what the Spirit of God allows you to do is much more important than you saving a penny here and there. Amen? And so, um, uh, but, but there will be times, and, and, and the other thing that's important about this that, that I think will help us is, uh, you know, <clears throat> I, I've told you about a lot of the stories I went through when I was with my pastor in his church and a lot of the persecution I received there. And, and years later, I was asking the Lord about that. And I said, Lord, you know, why did you have me there? Because, you know, who wants to suffer like that? You know, I was called names and accused of all kinds of, of terrible things publicly many times from the pulpit many times, you know, and drag, drug up to the, to the uh, uh, altar one time, remember that? Uh, and just all the stories, right, for over these years. And, uh, and um, you know, I've found my way through that as far as the grace of God uh, and, and got to a point where, you know, you say, well, it doesn't matter now, you know, the, the Lord's my keeper and, you know, if you all want to believe I'm the worst person in the world, you know, it's none of my, none of my business. Now, this was at a church, right? So, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've worked with uh, people in the corporate world who had much better uh, character than, than that. But regardless, you know, the Lord still had me there. And so, and he never would let me leave. Although, you know, I did ask him uh, a few times if I could leave, right? Never begged him, but, you know, just double checking, Lord, making sure you still want me here because it's no fun to be here. Uh, and uh, he wanted me there. And so, um, uh, but I was never really able to help him. In fact, you know, there, a day came when the Lord said, uh, uh, in fact, the exact words he said was, their hearts are fixed. It's time to go. And I knew when he said that, what he meant was, they have decided that they're going to be the way they are, and you can't help them. Uh, because once they make that decision that, that uh, you know, well, you know, we could be this way, we could be that way, and, you know, maybe, you know, and, and, but at some point they go, nope, we're that way. Well, once they make that decision, then, then my ability to help has come to an end. He said, their hearts are fixed, time to go. And so we let not mad, we weren't mad at anybody, you know, you know, it's, he said it was time to go, so we left, right? Uh, and so years later, I'm asking him, Lord, you know, why did you have me there? Because, you know, all the suffering we went through and, and, and all the agony that we, we uh uh, my, I went through, my wife went through, our family went through, uh, all the grief and, and the accusations. And there are people that I still meet today who won't even talk to me. Christians, right? If I saw them in a store. Now, these were people that I helped. Uh, I mean, when I was at church, I helped people, right? I helped move. I helped them. You know, we gave so much stuff away. We gave a lot of advice and counsel to people who needed it. And the very people that we did all those things for, if you saw them at Walmart, they would turn and walk the other way. And I had never done nothing to him. There was no reason for that except that I left the church, right? Uh, and so that's why around here, you know, I tell you, if someone leaves a church, you know, they are not your enemy. And don't treat them as your enemy, you know. 
uh, whether they leave right or wrong. You know, sometimes, you know, they're here for a season and they go. Sometimes they get mad and go, right? I, I told you about the, uh, the, the one person the Lord had reminded me about uh, one time. And, and I said, Lord, why did they leave, you know? Uh, and, you know, sometimes you've asked the Lord a question, he'll tell you the answer. And he said, well, he said they left because they ran out of toes. Uh, which I thought was a funny answer, right? I stepped on their toes so much that they just ran out of toes, and so when the last toe was gone, they left, right? And so that's what he said. So uh, it's pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and so, so now, so they left, right? Uh, and if that's true, that the reason why they left is because they ran out of toes, and they're out of the will of God. Now I'm not mad at them. If they came back, I'd hug them and be glad to see them, you know, and all that. But um, so they're not my enemy at all. Uh, and so, uh, but. But, you know, I left the church, and so I was, I was public enemy number one. And um, I was like, wow, sorry for helping you all those years, right? Uh, and, uh, and so, I, Lord, you know, why'd you have me there? Uh, because I suffered, right? Now, see, some people would think I'm there to suffer to learn, right? I'm there to, to suffer so, you know, I can become more pious and become more spiritual. And that's not what it's about. It's I was there. He said, the reason I had you there is because I loved them enough that I wanted somebody that would stay long enough to give them the opportunity to repent. Because sometimes people get in sin and sometimes they don't even know it. You know, they just kind of slide into it and they're just kind of used to doing this un unkind things and unkind actions until somebody will stand there uh, and not, not uh, wither under their accusations, not wither under all of their uh, terrible things that they did with the hopes that they would see themselves in their actions, right? And so... Uh, my, my role there, of course, you know, uh, the Lord didn't tell me that until after it was all over for many years. Thank you very much, Lord, you know, for not telling me that I'm going to go suffer for many years and, and uh, I'm there to help people. Uh, but that's what he said, because he loved them enough. He needed somebody that would say, because everybody else, that church was full of dead bodies, right? I mean, all kinds of people left the church, scarred and wounded, wouldn't go to church anymore again because they had their experience. And, uh, and, um, how many people do you know won't go to church because of an experience at church, right? It's terrible. It's a terrible thing that, you, that people are so hurt because of an action at church that they don't go to church. And, uh, now, that's no excuse, right? I'm not going to let somebody stand between me and the Lord, you know? I mean, if you do something mean to me, that just means you're a mean person. Yeah, it's not my problem. That's your problem. You're the problem, not me. Uh, and so, but, that, you know, everybody's not that way, right? Uh, and everybody hadn't grown in faith in that area. And so, there's a lot of people that won't go to church because of terrible things that have been said or done to them in the name of the Lord. Uh, and the people that did those things will have to answer to the Lord Jesus for that someday, I'm sure. Uh, uh, and so there'll be a long line when I get to heaven. I know, you know, the people that uh, said terrible things about and still believe terrible things about. If you went and asked him right now, you know, oh, he's the worst person in the world. And many of you know me for years. You ever see me do anything that was just at all? You know, I'm, I'm like, a, like a baby seal, you know, and, and so... I mean, I do my very, very, very best not to hurt anybody, but um, uh, I sure don't have a, I sure have a goal never to do that, you know, on purpose. And so, um, but there will be, you will endure grief. Uh, just like the way that Peter said that you will, you will endure grief if you're going to do things right. Uh, and, and so, uh, but he said, this is thankworthy. Uh, not that you're suffering the grief, but that you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, right? You're, the thankfulness is that you did what the Lord asked you to do. And maybe uh, you suffer grief, but it's always thankworthy. Remember what Jesus told the servants? He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant, right? That's thankful, right? He was being thankful to the servants for doing and uh, being faithful over what he asked them to do. 
And, and here's the thing. If you really believe that the Lord is on your side, if you really believe that the Lord's got your back, if you really believe that all the blessings flow from obedience, then you're never afraid to do what's right. Some people are so afraid, if I do what's right, they're going to fire me, or they're going to shoot me, or they're going to bury me in the backyard. Whatever, they, you know, whatever they're going to do, you know, they're going to do these things, right? Uh, and so um, uh, you've got to decide, you know, what are you going to do? Now, the Lord said it's thankworthy if you suffer for conscience' sake, right? If you do what's right. Uh, and so then he goes on in verse 20, he says, For what glory is it if when you buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? So, uh, you know, how many people suffer and are buffeted for their own faults? You know, they go and cuss somebody, and then somebody, you know, uh, does, and escalates it and does something even worse to them, all right? Uh, and while I'm just suffering for, you know, for Jesus' sake, no, you started cussing them to begin with, right? Uh, uh, that's suffering and being buffeted for your own faults. Uh, he said there's no glory in that, right? And, and yet, how many people suffer? I mean, I could just tell you probably story after story. I just watch somebody go, yep, there it goes, you know, and just, you know, you know what's going to happen? And they go, well, I just had to tell them. Well, how'd that work out for you? Well, you know, didn't work out so good for me, right? Uh, well, it's because you're out of the will of God. With that attitude like that, you know, there's no way that's the Spirit of God. Well, I just had to tell them, you know, I just had to really tell them, you know, that they're really sorry, no count, you know. I, I remember one time <laughs> this guy was talking to another guy. He was engaged and fixing to get married. And, uh, and, and I don't, it was really weird because I don't know if the other guy that was, you know, was talking to him was just jealous or what, but he said, you don't have any business marrying that person, right? And it's like, well, first of all, are you their Holy Ghost? You know, my job as a pastor even is not to be your Holy Ghost. If you tell me, hey, should I marry the person? But did, I, did I get promoted to Holy Ghost? I mean, that's not my job, right? Uh, and, and um, you know, I had somebody accuse me, hey, you know, uh, you're, why'd you tell them what to do over there? And they, they obviously didn't know the story. So I said, uh, apparently we've never met because I don't tell people what to do as far as the will of God goes, right? Now, if they say, you know, uh, how can I uh, get some help in faith? We'll read these Bible verses over there. How can I get some help? In, you know, I mean, that's fine, right? But as far as, hey, should I marry this person or not marry this person? I mean, if I say no, you're going to be mad at me. If I say yes and it turns out bad, you're still going to be mad at me, right? Uh, and, if you, and if I say yes and it turns out great, you're going to forget that I ever said that. Uh, and so, uh, so it, it, and I would never do that because even if I knew, right? And sometimes the Lord will show me things so that I can pray for that person, right? And there's lots of times when I know that somebody is doing something and it's not good for them, and it's not right for them, uh, all I'll do is pray. I'm not going to go to that person and say, hey, stop doing that, because uh, then I'm their Holy Ghost. I'm not their Holy Ghost. And so uh, now I'll give you the word. I'll tell you what the word says. And, you know, you follow the word, you'll be fine. But, uh, and so how many Christians have been buffeted for their own faults? And, they, and many times they'll throw, throw that off in Lord. Well, I'm just suffering for the Lord's sake. And the Lord's like, hey, I didn't have nothing to do with that. You know, it wasn't me. You know, you brought that all up on yourself. So there's no glory in it, right? Uh, and, and he said, uh, and so what, he said, so what's it matter? Even if you take it patiently, it don't matter. There's no glory in it. There's no value in it. Uh, he said, but if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God, right? So, uh, you, and you have to check. You know, a lot of times if I, have, if I end up suffering in any way, First thing I do is go to heaven. Lord, um, just check it in. Was I right in doing that? Was I, did, I, did I do right? I mean, was I okay with what I said or what I did that caused the suffering to come my way? Because if I was out of line, 
you know, then, then I'll be glad to, uh, to do something about it. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, back, back to a church there, we had, uh, uh, one night we had, um, uh, uh, you know, usually uh, if there was somebody being picked on a church, it was me, but every now and then they'd pick somebody else because they got tired of beating on me, and so one night they picked somebody else, and so this fellow sitting on the front row, and so the pastor starts asking about him to everybody in the church. What do you think about that? And so they would all talk about him, but not to him, right? It's just terrible, right? It's just talk about people like that right there in front of him, uh, uh, behind their back, right? Uh, and so, um, you know, they're going around and going around, and, and, um, um, uh, and, I, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't want to say nothing. I've got, no, got no need to say anything, right? Uh, and, and so finally they said, well, Chip, what do you think? You know, I, I didn't raise my hand, wasn't interested in saying anything, and, 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 uh, but, you know, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord give, gives a word, and, and actually, the fellow had left the sanctuary, and I, ha, I, went and go, I, went, I left the sanctuary and went to go find him. I said, you need to go back in the sanctuary. He said, why? I said, because I can't say what I need to say unless you're there, uh, and that's just the way the Lord put it. I can't say what I need to say unless he's there, and so now I didn't say nothing until they asked my opinion, and, and then they asked me, and I said, uh, and so I, I stood up and said, I just want to know when we're going to start walking in love and start doing the word. The Bible says walk in love, right? And I said, the man's just sitting right over there. Why don't we just go burn him at the stake? We're all talking about him, but we're not doing anything about it. I said, uh, I said we're not walking in love at all. We need to be doing the word. And my question is, because uh, they, they wanted me to, to pile on, right? Oh, yeah, he's a horrible person. And he had done a lot of terrible things in the church, but nothing that they were talking about there. You know, it was, it was a complicated situation. But, um, and so, you know, I'm saying, uh, when are we going to do the Word? Now, anything wrong with that? I mean, we ought to ask ourselves every now and then, when are we going to do the Word? When are you going to do the Word? People gripe, complain, whine about their life, go, okay, well, when are you going to start doing the Bible? Uh, and, you know, of course, some people get offended because you say that, but I got no other answers. You know, you want to know, uh, well, you know, why is all, you know, uh, uh, why is all the suffering going on? And, you know, we're all complaining about the suffering, and, uh, well, let's start doing the Bible, right? Let's do what the Bible says, and, and all will be well. Uh, and so, uh, a lot of the stone throwers uh, got offended, you know, because stone throwers always get offended when you say, you know, you ought not throw stones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so the next day, um, uh, I was at work, you know, and someone comes to my office that also happened to go to the church there. And, and um, you know, and you can always tell the young, the young unwise people because they always come in and start, you know, talking without a- asking questions, right? Well, you were so wrong. You know, what you did was wrong. You know, you were way out of line. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you just, you, sometimes you just, you just kind of have pity on people because they're so ignorant, right? And, and so, so they were talking, and, and I said, okay. Um, I didn't get mad at them, didn't you? Oh, yeah, well, you think I was wrong. You double was wrong. You are twice as bad as I was, you know. Uh, I, I said, well, all right, well, let me ask you some questions. I said, I, I said, in the things that I said about walking in love and following the word, I said, was there anything in there that was not biblical? Anything unbiblical about saying you ought to walk in love? Mm-mm. Follow the word? I mean, I said, now, uh, I said, did I usurp authority? Did I just jump up and, and grab the microphone and start talking and, and uh, just uh, taking control of the whole situation? Uh, uh, I said, uh, didn't they ask me to, what I thought about it? Uh, yeah, so I didn't usurp any position or anything like that? No, no. Uh, and, and what I said wasn't wrong? No, no. Well, was my attitude wrong? Was I like, oh, you bunch of heathens, you know, sorry, no count, you worthless people over, you know, you ought to be smart and, and spiritual like me. And 
uh, did I, was my attitude wrong? Was my heart wrong in, in what I said? Uh, well, no, no. I said, so my heart wasn't wrong. I didn't violate any, any authority. I, and, and all I did was give the word. So why are you in my office? Why aren't you in the office with the people that were saying those other things that were against the word? And he just kind of went, you know, because he was a patsy. He, somebody put him up to that, right? Somebody called him and said, you go down in his office and you go tell him, you know, I'll give him a what for. And, you know, uh, when, when the Lord gives you wisdom, you're not under any prayer. I'm not under any prayer. I mean, you can, you can question me all day long about what I think, what I believe. It won't hurt my feelings. It won't bother me a bit because I know what I know and I believe what I believe. And that doesn't mean it's all right, but, but uh, you know, there's no ulterior motives. I don't like, oh, I'm going to say this and I'm really going to manipulate people and I mean, I've got to stand before the Lord Jesus. You know, you're the least of my concern. My concern is I've got to stand before the Lord Jesus. He's going to ask me about all that stuff someday. And so, uh, uh, and I said, and besides that, uh, and so sometimes it's good to just, you know, heap it on somebody sometimes. I said, uh, yeah, you know all the things that were said and done to me. I, I said, how come uh, you never came to my aid? How come you never stood up on my behalf when, when you know that many things they accused me of were not true? You never stood up on my behalf then. Now you're here in my office uh, heaping up on me like everybody else did without any evidence, and without any, any scripture to back up what you're saying and, and with no, uh, no actual reason to be here. Uh, why did you never come to my aid? And he hung his head again, you know. And so, and I wasn't trying to beat him up. My goal was to help him to see. Now, when you get in that environment, you know, there, there's a mob mentality. And a lot of churches get that mob mentality where it doesn't matter what's said, good or bad, they follow that mob. And, and, you know, I would always encourage you, always have an independent heart with the Lord. Always have a heart that I do what the Lord says and the Word says first. And if my church is in line with that, praise God. Follow it all wholeheartedly. If your church isn't uh, lined up with that, then don't do it at all. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully that's a rare occasion, right? And my guess is every church is going to have that on occasion where they do something like, you know, I just can't do that. You know, okay, fine, right? You don't have to talk bad about them or anything. But, uh, and so... So, uh, it, so you need to take it patiently. And that's what I did, you know, when he was in my office. I was very patient with him. Even though he was attacking me and, you know, telling me I was wrong. And, and I said, look, I said, if you tell me anywhere that I violated the word, I'll stand up publicly. And I'll say, and I'll repent. I'll stand up and say, you know, hey, what I did was wrong. And later on, I, you know, I talked to somebody else. who said, we just want you to know we're not going to hold that against you. That's good because the Lord hasn't either, right? You know, and now they were saying it to belittle me, right? They were saying in a sense that, well, you were wrong, but we're not going to hold it anything against you. You're just doing it by your tone right there. You're holding it against me. And so I, I don't care, you know. I mean, I stand before the Lord Jesus, you know. Uh, when I get to heaven, nobody I know is going to be on that throne. Only the Lord Jesus, right? right. And so all those people who want, who want to, to try to get me to bend my conscience to their will, you know, uh, and, and um, uh, part of it is just my personality. You know, I, I think part of it has to do with, uh, you know, I was in combat training early on in most of my life because the youngest of 11 children, you know, so there's just, I was just used to conflict and used to, you know, but I had to, I had to, I, I couldn't be that brawler in the flesh in the church, but I had to learn how to also be unwavering in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, so the things I, I went through in the natural I didn't learn some things from that because I need to be that same way in the spirit realm. Now, some people stay that way in the natural, and it's always a fight. Everything's a fight. Hey, how are you doing? Well, you want to know. <laughs> I'm just asking how you're doing, right? You know, some people, it's always, you ever met people that said everything's a fight? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. What's that? Different areas of 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, it just uh, it's always a fight, right? So, uh, yeah, and so, now some people I never ask, you know, how you doing, because they back up a, a truckload behind, you know, and dump everything on you for their whole life. Well, when I was three, my mama hit me, you know, and well, I just asked, how you doing today? I didn't, you know, I didn't need the whole, you know, starting from a, uh, you know, single cell amoeba, and so, um, but, he, but he continues, so, so he said, it's acceptable to God, right, acceptable to God. Not the, not the suffering is acceptable. The suf- the, what's acceptable to God is your patience, right? That you're doing it uh, out of a good conscience, right? So he's not saying, I'm glad you're suffering. He's, not say- he's just saying, because later on, you know, uh, uh, even in the book of Revelation, he, ta- he talks about how, you know, they're sowing and reaping, right? These things uh, for the people inflicting that upon you. Uh, but he continues on in verse 21, for hereunto... Were you called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. So, uh, uh, th- and this is a great verse because uh, I'm glad he didn't say that, you know, the way I suffered or even the way Paul suffered is an example. He said the way that Jesus suffered was an example. And see, that gives me a spark of hope that there's faith that I can apply that I don't have to die as a martyr maybe I can use my faith to avoid that, right? I can't, I can't avoid the conflict because there's always going to be conflict as, as long as you, you do right and have a conscience and, and do well according to the Lord. There'll be, there'll be conflict, but uh, was Jesus ever harmed? No. And the example was not the cross, right? The example, because the cross was there as a substitutionary sacrifice, right? He, he shed blood for you. He died for you. Well, when you're suffering, you're not suffering... My, my suffering doesn't pay for your sins, doesn't substitute my suffering for, for your suffering. Uh, so there's no exchange uh, of substitution like it was with the Lord Jesus, right? His blood was exchanged for your sins, right? His suffering was exchanged for your peace. And so uh, there's no exchange uh, in, in our suffering for somebody else in the sense, right? Because a lot of people are like, well, let me suffer for them. You know, it, it, that's been done. Jesus completed that on the cross. There's no need for you to suffer for somebody else to purchase their salvation or to purchase their protection or to purchase their blessings at all. Uh, but uh, because Jesus always did right, he suffered for that. And you think, you know, you think, uh, if the, uh, so, so often I, I thought, Lord, if they could just see my heart, I have no desire to harm anybody. I got no desire to, to, to attack them or to have you know, ulterior motives in what I'm doing. I just want, I'm just trying to help people. You ever try to help people and you still cost you? Uh, and yet, uh, uh, I've heard many Christians say, well, showed me, just help them. You know, look what I got for helping them. That's a wrong answer. That is not taken patiently. That, that is not thankworthy, right? Because did you do it for you, for, to get glory from them or did you do it because the Lord instructed you? You know, just, just like, you know, around here, we help people out. People call every now and then. You know, we, we're right on the main street right here, so we get people just drive-bys, right? We get people here all the time. Hey, uh, can you help me out? Well, what do you need? Well, you know, I need some money. Well, maybe, maybe not, you know. But we've helped people on occasion like that. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, everyone, I say, uh, where do you go to church? Who's your pastor, right? Well, I'm looking for good church. Well, here's one right there, right? How long have you been looking? 18 years. Well, you know, you're not really looking. I mean, you're looking that long, you ain't, you know, you ain't looking because you ain't ever been here, right? And this is a good church. You could have stopped here one time and, been, and stayed here forever, right? Uh, and so we're not the only good church, I know, but, uh, but it's a good church. And so uh, now look, all the people we've ever helped that stopped by, 
without exception, 100 percent, uh, said they would come here the next Sunday. You know how many have come the next Sunday? Zero. We're not talking about one percent. We're talking about zero percent. None ever came. Zero. None. Well, I just ain't helping nobody no more. No, if they walk in that door, the Lord says, help them. Might not help them. I don't care. Because it's not on me, it's on them, right? Because uh, uh, I'm going to do right regardless if anybody else does right, amen? Uh, and so if I help somebody and, it, and, and, and they get so mad because I helped them, you know, well, how dare you? You know, blah, 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 yeah. um, You know, if you help somebody and, uh, I mean, I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, I gave them some money, they just blew it. I'm never helping them again. Well, why'd you give them the money to begin with? Was there strings attached? I thought, once it, once it crosses from your ownership to their ownership, aren't they free to do with it as they please? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I ain't helping them again. You know, uh, we've given cars away, you know, all kinds of stuff away. You know, I've seen people abuse those things and people misuse the things I've, I've, I've blessed them with, and I don't care because I do it by the unction of the Lord. The Lord says to do it. Then, then at, the, at the transfer of ownership is the last consideration I have for that for that uh, thing, right, whatever it is, whether I'm helping somebody or being a blessing to them. Uh, I mean, there's, there's one fellow I helped, I can't tell you how much, help him get jobs, help him move to his house, right, help him fix things, do all kinds of things for him. Uh, and I remember one, one night uh, my pastor uh, said, who in here uh, thinks that Chip Bolio thinks that he's better than everybody else? Now, that was a question in public, from the pulpit, right? Who in here, with a show of hands, thinks that Chip Bolio thinks he's better than everybody else. Now, that, you know, that really happened. You, know, you were there, weren't you, right? <laughs> so I got a witness, right? Uh, uh, now, that's the, can you imagine asking that question, right? Uh, and, and, you know, and, and so uh, you know, some things you don't need to know, right? I didn't need to know who raised their hand, because you know, I, 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 I didn't know if my wife was on the line or not. You know, so. <laughs> You know, uh, you know I, I never did see. Did you raise your hand, by the way? You did raise your hand? Did you raise your hand? Did you really? Oh, <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's, how many years has that been? I don't know. You raised your hand. This is a brand new revelation right here. I didn't know that. <laughs> You're sleeping on the couch tonight. Did you really? <laughs> I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I thought, well, surely she's on my side. See, I can even get my wife on my side. Uh, and so... <laughs> That's the funniest thing. That is so funny. <laughs> so, you know, I thought at least I had one friend. I didn't have any friends, apparently. And so, uh, but, but I remember, what's that? Were you married to her? Oh, yeah, he's married. Been married for a long time. Uh, and so, uh, isn't that funny? That's the funniest thing, right? I didn't mean to embarrass you, honey. You know, she's probably up here embarrassed now that she even did that. Well, I don't have to forgive you because there's no, no, no fault to me at all, you know, because it was, I mean, it, it became almost cultish, you know, it was just crazy. So they asked the question, right? And so I bowed my head because I didn't want to see who voted for or against, right? But I just happened to see one fella, just one, one fella, the one guy I told you I helped all those times, right? All the different times, helped him all the And he raised his hand. And I never asked him for nothing, never lorded over him, never said, you know, you owe me a lot because all the times I've helped you, you know, not a single time, just helped him. Uh, and, and, and the most amazing thing, that Saturday he calls me up and said, Hey, uh, can I borrow your truck? <laughs> now, just three days before that, he throws me under the bus, right? Yes. And, and, and well, of course, I said yes after I cut the brake lines, you know, and, and then, yeah, you, you can borrow it. You know, here you go, you know. 
uh, you know, uh, you have to go down this big hill, right? So, uh, you know, fortunately I got insurance on my truck, you know. Uh, but um, uh, so, you know, I thought, well, I ain't helping nobody again. I helped them then and, and was glad to do it, you know. Uh, and uh, because it's more important for me to do right than to, than to prove that he's wrong, right? Now, I mean, that per- I never did anything to that particular fella. Only ever tried to help him. Only ever tried to be a blessing to him. Uh, and if you ask him, what thing did, did Chip Bully ever do to you that would cause you to raise your hand? Uh, he, there's nothing. He's got no, no dirt on me, right? Uh, and, and so, and the, the nice thing about living with clean hands is there, there's no secrets I got to keep hiding or anything, right? You know, well, you know, I just, uh, uh, and so, uh, <coughs> so, yes, ma'am. Well, you know, there, there, there is, yeah, I mean, there's always jealousy and envy in, in every uh, church body, you know, and, and, uh, and that. And you could talk to my friend Jerry, you know, Jerry observed a lot of those things, you know, and, and, and he had come to a lot of those conclusions that people were just, uh, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, were, they were, uh, in Jerry's words, he's, uh, and he's not here, but uh, uh, we can give him the way to us on Facebook. I'm sure he's watching it, but um, he said a lot of people were intimidated by me because, uh, you know, I was educated. I had, you know, multiple degrees in engineering, and, and uh, you know, I, uh, I tried to always present myself well, and I always tried to speak well, and I was never trying to do it to... to now, look, I have got to grow up over the years, right? I mean, I, yeah, I did always try to correct people about every single error and fault in the world, but, uh, but I have grown up since then. But, uh, but there was, you know, the, some people just... You know, sometimes you get around people that... that uh, uh, you just feel intimidated, you feel insecure around them. Now that's not on me, right, that's on you. If you feel insecure around somebody, that's on you, right? Because that person, you know, because sometimes you're just breathing air. And I know my pastor, you know, he was terribly intimidated by any educated person, in fact, including me, because he was very uneducated. And in fact, he said if a judge walked in and sat in the chair, he said he couldn't even preach because he would, he'd be so intimidated by them being there that he, he couldn't even think straight, right? Uh, now, to me, it's like, well, last time I checked, they're made out of the same DNA I'm made out of, you know? I mean, they're not uh, any more Jesus than I'm Jesus, and so it doesn't mean I, I belittle them or, or think less of them, because some people that go to the other extreme, well, they put their pants on just like I do, right? Well, no, a judge is okay to honor a judge because of his position in the community and his position in, in the world, and I got no problem with that, you know? Uh, and so, you know, there's a lot of, lot of reasons for that, and, and, um, uh, and look, you know, I did... I didn't learn a lot uh, during those times, but it's not why I went through that to learn it. I learned that because the goal was to help the people. Uh, and uh, I was there to help the people. That's what the Lord told me. You know, I was there to help them, to give them an opportunity to get out of that mess, right? Because that's just a mess, right? And it's still going on, right? In fact, I told, 
after my pastor died, I was talking with one of the other uh, elders. I was an elder at the time, you know, because I'd be an elder and they'd fire me as an elder and I'd be an elder again. They'd fire me as an elder and, you know, I think I held every job twice in the church, you know. Uh, and, but they didn't want me to leave. It's like, it was, you're really weird. I mean, you want me to just, why not just leave? Oh, you'll be, you'll be in sin and die tomorrow, you know. Someone actually told me if I leave the church, I'd die. They told me those words. If I leave the church, I'd die. And I said, no, I wouldn't. If the Lord tells me to leave, I'm leaving, you know. Uh, but, you know, that was, that's where that cultish mentality gets, and, and a lot of churches get that way. Uh, now, you know, I, I do thank the Lord for those experiences because that's one thing. A lot of those things will never happen here because I saw them happen, and they'll never happen here, right? Uh, and so that, that part is good. But the suffering was there. Uh, you know, I, I really had to learn how to get through it because I had to be there anyway for the people and so I can either endure it with patience and learn, because, right, and remember James, right? If you go over to just the beginning of James there, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, right? So my faith was tried, and, and the fruit of that was patience, right? Uh, and so, uh, <clears throat> and, and so uh, there was suffering, right? And I did learn from that. But you know, I don't believe that that's what the, the Lord didn't put me there to learn. He put me there to help. And, and I took advantage of that and learned because I could have been like a lot of people and just been wounded and hurt. Now, look, if, uh, do you see that I'm hurt that my wife raised her hand? You know, I'm now I'm going to work on that for a long time. She owes me so big now. I mean, she's way in the, the I know, but you still owe me. You still owe me though. You know, I'm going to really work that a lot. Uh, but you know, it don't bother me a bit. Not, not a bit. I don't think any less of her. I don't, I, you know, I'm not mad at her. Uh, it, it, it doesn't change me at all. In fact, it's probably the funniest thing I've heard all week, you know, because of that, you know. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> you did. And no doubt, I'm sure you did. Uh, and so, uh, so um, uh, those, those are things that's going to happen. Now, the, the question for us is, what are you going to do about it, right? What are you going to do when the suffering happens, right? Are you going to get bitter? Because so many people... You know, I've talked to people that left the church. Uh, one of a dear friend of mine, he, uh, we, we talked to him, I don't know, many years ago. You remember, he just came by our church when we had a church. And just in tears, he said, you know, the Lord's really done so much for you because my life's just a mess uh, because I never could overcome after leaving that church. And he said, you can't even tell that you guys have ever been through anything. Uh, now, he says that, but the reason you can tell I've been through things is because I learned when I was through those things, right? Because now... Now, even when we've had this church, we've had people tell us the worst things. They've someone told me you're the worst pastor. You know, you're a terrible teacher. I mean, you know, it's like I thought I was a, you know, slightly above average teacher myself. You know, it, 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 but uh, uh, but you know, but they they said those things because see, the devil knows the things that are most important to you. Because what's most important to me is the call of God upon my life, and the call of God upon my life is to be a teacher, right? So if you said I was a terrible driver, like. I'll give you that, you know. I mean, I'm not a terrible driver, but I'd let you have that one, right? You know, you're a terrible, you know, landscaper. Well, I'll give you that all day long, right? I can't grow grass for anything. That's why I pay people to do that, right? But if you say I'm a terrible teacher, see, that's the very thing that, of who I am. And so the devil would motivate somebody to say that because they're trying to hurt you. Well, you know, my calling is not in whether you believe me or not. You know, my calling is my calling, right? And, and I've got I've to be okay with that. So, uh, so, um, so, Jesus left us an example that we should follow in his steps, right? That's what Peter said. So the steps that we follow is you always do the will of God, no matter what the cost. Uh, you remember uh, one time they all left him? And, and what did he do? 
He looked at the other boys and said, what are you all going to do? See, a lot of us would be like, oh, please don't go. You know, I, you know, I didn't really mean anything by that. You, know, you understand I wasn't really saying anything to offend you, right? You, you know that. It's okay if you stay. He said, you all going to stay or go? And, of course, Peter had a moment of wisdom and said, where will we go? Who else has the words of life, right? And one time Jesus said, if they all leave, I've got the Father. Because one person told me one time, well, everybody left me at church, you know. I, didn't, I never left you. I said, but you would never talk to me. You'd only talk to the people that, that, that were untrustworthy. Because some people only like to have people around them that are yes men, right, that only say what they want to hear. And don't, don't ask me a question if you just want to hear what you want to hear. You know, now, if what I happen to say is what you want to hear, that's great. But, but I am not a yes man, you know, and I got me in so much trouble. I mean, uh, one time uh, my pastor gave me, a, 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 he was wanting to start ordaining people to the church, you know, because you can do that as a pastor, you can ordain people. And so he gave me an ordination paper, said, hey, read this and, and tell me what you think. And so I read it, and, and, and the whole thing was, if, if I ordain you, then you've got to make sure you give offerings to the church, you've got to make sure you promote my ministry, you've got to make sure that you always come to every service, you've got to make sure that, you know, you do this, this, this for me, for me, for me, for me, for me. And there's nothing in there about, well, you know, all the covenants of God, uh, a great covenant is when the greater one always does more for the lesser one, right? When God was the greater covenant with Abraham, he did everything for Abraham, and all Abraham to do was say yes. And so if somebody in a higher position wants to make a covenant with you, if it's not weighted more heavily toward what they're going to do for you, then they're as carnal as they can be. Uh, and so now with, with all kindness, because they asked my opinion, right? With all kindness, I said, well, you might want to think about a few of the clauses in here. Uh, you know, I think maybe some things would be tweaked to make it a little better. And, that, and that's about all I said, right? I didn't say, well, you know, it's all about you, and blah, 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 because I mean, that would be disrespectful. And, uh, and, and I said, you know, you might want to. Now, they asked my opinion, right? I, didn't, I, didn't, I, was, I wasn't desiring to make a, give them my opinion. They asked my opinion, right? Uh, and it was a terrible document. I mean, I wouldn't have signed it. It's like, you want me to do what? I'm basically my firstborn ch male child to you? I mean, uh, you know, it's just a piece of paper, right? I mean, you know, now I'm ordained through, through Brother Randy's ministry. Uh, and, and I think it's helpful and important to be ordained, you know. And so, uh, so uh, <clears throat> when I left, I didn't know this, when I left, uh, he, he put it in the drawer and uh, got so mad. Uh, and then years later, uh, I completely forgot about that, that event, right? Years later, uh, he died, right? He died years later. And, and, and so about a month after he died, one of the elders came to me and said, hey, uh, we're gonna, we're, uh, the pastor's wife is going to start ordaining people, you know. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> I said, why do you reckon Pastor Vaughn never ordained people? And he said, well, there's a reason I'm not going to tell you. Well, now i got to know. I mean, you ever have people, you know, you could just say, you know, just say nothing, right? Well, the sky's blue. I mean, you don't have to say that because then that leads you on, right? Because now you got to know. And I said, well, tell me. I'm not going to tell you. Well, was there a reason? Yeah. Well, I want to know, you know. I want to know why he didn't ordain people. And I, and I kept berating him. He's my friend. I've known him for years, right? But, but uh, I don't know if he's my friend anymore. Now, I'm still his friend, but I don't know if it goes the other way, but regardless, because uh, I left the church, right? And so you don't ever leave the church. But, uh, and so uh, you got, tell me. Finally, he said, well, it's your fault. I said, my fault? What do you mean my fault? What did I do? And he said, well, don't you remember? And, he, and, I, and it was like cobwebs. It's like, wow, 
Because it was such a small thing, right? I mean, I, I barely said anything. I looked at the thing, you know, and that was it. He said, when you left, he threw in the drawer. He said, I'll never ordain anybody. And he died, never ordaining a single person, right? And I'm thinking, and I said, that ain't my fault at all. I just did what he asked me to do, which is to give my opinion, you know? And so I don't, you know, there's nothing on me. I, I didn't repent for that. I didn't, well, Lord, I, please forgive me. I, I, I wasn't disrespectful. I wasn't rude or unkind. I simply answered a question that he asked me, right? Uh, and so, uh, so uh, you know, and I didn't take any personal offense at it. Now, see, in his mind, it was your fault. Well, I, it's your fault that I was never ordained by my pastor. Not my fault. I didn't have nothing to do with it. It was his choice, right? Uh, and Now, look, I, I was never disrespectful to my pastor. In all those years, he was unkind to me and rude to me and disrespectful to me. I never, never responded in kind, you know, because uh, I, I just knew there was such a constraint in my heart that I, I've got to do right, no matter what the cost, even if I don't know how to, how to do it better than I'm doing, because, you know, for years I was, uh, you know, I was just uh, emotionally damaged, you know, uh, in those years and didn't know how to get out of it. And finally, I did find my way out of it. And if you don't know the details, read the, read the book, Healing the Brokenhearted. That tells you how I got out of it. And I'll never go back. You know, somebody tells you, you know, you know I hate your mama. You probably never met her. How would you know? Uh, and so uh, I just, it, it'll never happen again, right? Because I did learn these things, right? You can't learn from those things. But, uh, but see, my, my responsibility is follow the steps of Jesus, See, he never changed. If he had to say something, he said it went on, right? You are your father the devil. Remember he said that? Uh, let the dead bury the dead, right? Who am I to, to, to divide your family's inheritance? I mean, he just... Now, you know, I say that in, in a strong way, but I don't know that Jesus said it with any unkind intent. I mean, you remember the, the rich young ruler? Remember when he said, you know, I've done all these things, which is not true, but, you know, he said he did all those things. And he said the Lord looked at him, he said he loved him. And he said, one thing you lack. And the, and the man left, right? Jesus, I mean, can you imagine the Lord saying you're one, you know, I've told the Lord many times, you've never told me I just lack one thing. You always give me a list, you know, this, 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 you got to fix that. You got to quit talking to your wife that way. And all this, I mean, you know, all these things all the time is never one. It's always a list. And, and he told this guy one thing. Uh, and that's just a little unfair. I'm a little, you know, kind of put out about it. But, uh, and so, uh, but if you're going to do right, see, there is, there is suffering to do right. But what's the value of it? See, you know, you can, you can suffer wrongfully. You, you can suffer with, with anger and bitterness. Or you can suffer with patience uh, and, and it be thankworthy to the Lord. So, I, you know, I know a little bit about suffering. I mean, you know, compared to Paul, I'm an amateur. Compared to, you know, people like Brother Hagen, I'm an amateur. Compared to a lot of people, I'm an amateur. But, you know, I do know a little bit about uh, suffering persecution. Uh, and, uh, and I thank the Lord for the things that I learned from that. But really, I thank the Lord that those seeds were planted in those people's lives. That even today, all those seeds were planted in their lives of things that I said and did for them. And, some, and you know, I, I believe that where I'm at today in every area of my life, naturally, physically, financially, uh, mentally, you know, and, and spiritually in every way is because of the seeds that I've sown in the past of doing right in the midst of, of these things that are wrong. So, uh, uh, so Peter said this, uh, and, and then um, let me just read this one verse and we'll go. He said, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Uh, how many times have we responded to uh, persecution with guile, right? Uh, who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. Now, sometimes he answered his persecutors, right? You, you're, of your, you know, you're casting out the devil by the devil. Uh, he's like, how can a house divided against itself stand, you know? Uh, when he suffered, he threatened not. 
I mean, he's the son of God. He could have just said, uh, uh, you won't be here tomorrow, and they would disappear, right? Remember, he told the fig tree, you know, no man shall eat fruit of thee from hereafter. Uh, and he could have just said anything like that, and they would have just been gone, right? Uh, the earth would have swallowed them up and eaten them. But he, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth rightly. Lord, I'm going to do right, and, and I know you've got my back. See, I commit myself to him. Uh, and, and, and if you really believe the Lord's protection, if you really believe in the Lord's blessing, you'll always do what's right. Amen? Now look, if you mess up one time, two, three, there's no number, right? But if you mess up, it, there's a recovery, right? In the recovery, honey, right? There's recovery. If you mess up, so what? Uh, it's all under the blood anyway, right? Uh, and so, um, uh, because we can commit ourselves to Him. And in and, and all those situations, I always commit myself to Him. I always think, Lord... I'm going to do is right. Because I, there's such a, you know, the Bible says that love constrains us. In those situations, I can sense so much constraint in my heart. You do what's right. You do, it's almost a demand from the, you do what's right. You say what's right. You don't lash out and you don't revile and you don't, you don't harm. Uh, you do what's right. And there's, such a, there's such a strong presence of the Lord in my heart when those events occur that it's almost like I don't even hear or see them anymore. All I do is hear and see the Lord and all I hear is blah, 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 because usually that's all, you, that's all they're saying anyway is blah, 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 right? Uh, and so uh, uh, then we'll be okay. Amen? So that suffering's going to happen. If you do right, it's going to happen. But what are you going to do about it? How are you going to respond? Are you going to commit yourself to him in that moment? Say, Lord, you know, I mean, other times, remember I said we, um, uh, back in the book of Acts, they thanked the Lord they found that they were found worthy to suffer for his name, right? Uh, and so, you know, uh, I believe there is some faith there that we can explore and find out, you know, but, um, but there will be suffering, amen? Uh, and, um, but that's okay, amen? Laying up ourselves treasures in heaven. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you uh, for this word, and Father, we thank you uh, for all the wonderful times uh, and wonderful things that you've given to us over the years. And, Father, if there's times of suffering, if people are unkind towards us, and do things to, to, with the intent to harm and, and to cause um, difficulties to come into our life, Father, we, we will respond in kind the way you did, with patience, Father, with long-suffering. Uh, even if we respond, Father, we'll not respond with an unkind word. And so, Father, we thank you. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And... Um, you know, with the Lord Jesus, um, uh, it's just, uh, he's such a great example, amen? Because he was never a doormat, right? Sometimes he would respond. In fact, really most of his ministry until he was captured in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he almost always responded to his critics and said, well, you know, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? And he would tell them why. Um, uh, and so, but then sometimes, like when he was, when he was captured, he, he, he said they wouldn't even respond, you know, like a lamb led to the slaughter. Uh, so come ahead, Mr. Jared. And one of the things for me personally, this is not book, chapter, and verse, but for me personally, the Lord said, don't ever defend yourself. Don't ever feel like you've got to go out of your way to say, hey, I didn't do that. If you want to believe, you know, I had one person at one time said, hey, did you do such and such? No. Well, so-and-so thinks you did. You need to call them and tell them you didn't. I said, I ain't doing that. I said, they've got the Holy Ghost. They could ask the Holy Ghost if I did that. Uh, and instead of just gossiping about me. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's not my job to defend myself and to, and to correct what you think about me, you know. And so that's why a lot of people just think whatever they think about me. 
Uh, well, he's never said anything otherwise. Well, it's not my job, you know. I'm not, my job's not to defend myself. So uh, the Lord is good, amen? Uh, and so praise God. Well, you all have a wonderful week, and uh, uh, you're dismissed.